welcome back to the Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, Episode 4. Um, myself, Mike Sullivan, alongside again with Chris Davis. Um, you can follow us both on Twitter at ChrisJDavis11 and at underscore Mike Sullivan. We have a hell of an episode today. Uh, great interview for you guys. You're going to find out who that is in a little bit. But um, yeah, back for another episode this week. Chris, how you been doing this past week? What's been going on with you, bud? Been doing extravagant, buddy. Uh, yeah, big word, dude. Big word. <laughs> just blew off. Um, yeah, been doing good. Uh, just got back from vacation in uh, from North Conway with the uh, with the nephews and the family. So nice. feeling good. Morale's high. Um, so yeah, what about you, man? How you been? Honestly, same old, same old. Uh, just work every day, and then a couple uh, rounds of golf at the. Uh, you know, Juniper Hills, Marlboro Country Club, a couple of courses around here. I've been playing a little golf, working, and keeping up with hockey in this in this hot, hot, rainy summer. Tell me, you've been able to break at least a hundred? Oh, come on, dude! You got to give me a little more credit than that. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Although I have not broken eighty yet, I have yet to break eighty, That's but I've been enough. so close. That's fair. What's your handicap? If I say it on the pod, I feel like I'm gonna get called out for bullshit. But it's a it's it it's about uh twelve. I'll say it's about a twelve. Not bad. Right, yeah. Yeah. Depends on what day you catch me. Some days it's an eight, some days it's a twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but in on average twelve. Depends on how many beers you've had. Dude, I swear the more beers I drink, the better I get. Often yeah, <laughs> skyrockets. It I does. Yeah, we uh, like I said, you you know, we got a really special episode. We got a really uh, really awesome guest. Um, yeah, we're gonna get into you know our our uh, Eastern Conference predictions, which are pretty uh, definitely. We have different opinions on uh, where teams are at. Um, So yeah, let's get into that, man. Um, How do you how do you see the Eastern Conference kind of kind of laying out? We'll start with the uh, Atlantic Division. With the Atlantic, so the Atlantic is interesting because you look at all these teams in the division, and honest to God, I swear on my life, there's only one team in this division that I for sure see missing the playoffs, and that's Montreal. Montreal's not making the playoffs this year. They're just not there yet. Granted, they still have good players, obviously, Suzuki, uh, guys like Caulfield. I would throw Jack Eye in that conversation. Um, obviously Slavkovsky, but they're the only team in this division that I can see really struggling. Look at every team in this in this division. Ottawa, good. Detroit, also not going to make the playoffs, but I can see them at least making it late into the season where they're competitive. But Ottawa can make a push. They got Chikrin, Shabbat, Stutzla, Kachuk, Norris. I mean, they're loaded. Corpusalo in net now. Then flip to the the regular teams obviously boston obviously tampa obviously toronto but sneaky team dude i'm telling you nobody's counting them in yet buffalo they are loaded loaded devin dude devin levi in net owen power on the back end rasmus dalin on the back end you got thompson skinner tuck krebs cousins um jj paterka Jack Quinn, they're a loaded team. Absolutely. Um, so it's it's tough, but I think I'll, I'll go one through eight real quick. I'll go 
Toronto, Tampa, Boston, Buffalo, Florida, Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal. That's how I see the Atlantic shaking up. What about yeah. you? So it's funny you bring up Buffalo because we were talking with uh, Nosik, and I had kind of a wild card pick for my uh, for my Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year, and you know obviously the big guns you got Bedard for uh, <clears throat> you know for Chicago, and you got Fantilli. Man, my wild card, my my Calder pick is is Devin Levi. I and let me tell you, I love that pick, dude. dude I, I love just, that pick. You know the stars are are aligned for him. He's on a, in my opinion, a loaded team, dude. That back end, like you said, you know the the boys over at Spit uh, Spit and Chicklets brought it up. Yeah, you got guys like Power at six six. Darlene, 6'4". Like, they got some big boys back there. Not to mention, they just a loaded offense with uh, – you had brought up Tage Thompson, Jack Quinn, those guys. I can really, really see Devin Levi winning that Calder Trophy and and them making a deep, deep playoff run. My, my rankings are a little bit different than yours, and I thought that you would have Buffalo higher than I would. With Interesting. You being, with you being such a big Buffalo fan. You know? <laughs> hey, they are my second favorite team. They are my second favorite team. They're like my second child. Like yeah. everybody knows, you you love your first child just a, a little bit more than your second, right? Like well, maybe, 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 maybe. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. But, yeah. So but, but yeah, my rankings are a little bit different than yours. Um Probably gonna be unpopular, like especially with the uh, with the big Bruins crowd that we got. But it's it's just like realistically how I feel about how this season's gonna play out. Yeah. Um, obviously, I got Toronto, which you had completely agree with that. I mean, just an absolute powerhouse. Um, yeah. Obviously, they bring in um, Bertuzzi, Domi. I think I think those are two players that bring a little. Um, you know that bring grit and that sandpaper game to their uh, to their lineup, and, um, and that's what they've been missing too. Yeah, and obviously goaltending is still a question to that team, but um, obviously when you have players like Marner and Matthews, they're always going to be up at the top. So I, I completely agree with that. Um, my second pick, Tampa. Um, yeah. Like I said, they're another team, just complete powerhouse. Anytime you have. Andre Vasilevsky um, between the pipes. Um, he's always going to make them competitive. Um, obviously, you have Victor Hedman still back there. You still have that main core of Stamkos, Kucherov, Braden Point, um, and those guys. They're always going to make that team competitive. My third team, which is where we kind of differ a little bit. Here we go. My, my third team is the Buffalo Sabres, man. Let's go. <laughs> Buffalo Sabres. I just predict Devin Levi stealing games for this team. Um, and I just think this team is is at the point where they're gonna make that next step and they're gonna yep. be really dangerous in this division. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, yeah, I just again nothing against the Bruins, but I, I don't think they've done anything significant enough to put them 
I know, I know it's probably a very unpopular opinion, but if they were going to win, it was going to be last year with the lineup mm. they had. Um, mm. I think Buffalo has gotten a whole lot better. Um, I think with another season with that young core of Owen Power, Darlene taking that next step, Tage Thompson just has proven that he's a prolific scorer in this league. Um, I really see them taking this that next step and being a dangerous team. Um, and then at number four, I'm going to go with Boston. Um, that this is, this is also assuming that Bergeron comes back. Right. Right. Uh, Me as well. Me as well. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I haven't really taken Krejci into consideration. I think you and I are kind of in agreement that we're okay with him moving on. If that's what he so chooses. Um, just based on his play, you know, in the playoffs, I'm okay with him moving on. Um, I think, and that's not to take away that he hasn't been super important to this organization um, for years and years, obviously. Uh, but I think losing a player like Bergeron and then leaving this team with Coyle and Zaka as their <laughs> 1C, 2C, I think a, a lot would change in my rankings if Bergeron were to move on. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, right now, in assuming that Bergeron is coming back, I'm putting them at four. Um, at five, probably another shocker to you, I'm putting Detroit. Really? I am. I'm putting Detroit ahead of Florida. Damn. And Ottawa? I am. Okay. I think Detroit, again, makes that similar to Buffalo. I think they take that next step. Um I think Simone Edvinson, whose defenseman they took out of Sweden, I want to say in the 2021 draft, it might have been 2020, mm-hmm. um, seventh overall, I think he takes that next step and he kind of solidifies that decor for them. And then obviously they bring in a player like Alex Dabrinkit, who most likely will be playing with Dylan Larkin. I think those moves, like I think that puts them over the top. I think they're more of a dangerous team than Ottawa or Florida. Um, Florida obviously got hot at the right time, but Brofsky caught steam, like got hot at the right time. I don't see that lasting. I, I could be dead wrong about that. I think the Iser plan kind of takes effect this year. Um, and I think they're going to be a dangerous team um, throughout the year, barring any prolific injuries. Um, my next team, obviously Florida. Um, Florida's Florida, man. Like they got, they don't really necessarily have any huge stars. I mean, Barkov is a unreal two-way forward. Matthew Kachuk has proven that he's, you know, he's here to stay. And um, I think they're going to be a dangerous team. Um, I just don't see. I don't know. I, I don't see them being as good as those as those teams that I mentioned before. And then Ottawa, obviously. I don't know, man. It's something about Ottawa. Like, obviously, I love what they've done as far as building that team. Um, Tim Stutzla, I love that dude. He's going to be fucking nasty in this league. Um, I think. I think last year he took that. He took that next step, um, and you know, proved to everyone that he was a one C, like a a legitimate one one C. Obviously, Brady Kachuk is Brady. 
you know, he's a Kachuk man. He's yeah. <laughs> a sandpaper game, man, just unreal. And then on the back end, um, Chikrin, Shabbat, great decor. Um, and I wonder, I, I also wanted to bring up that trade with Debrinket. I, I honestly think that they, uh, I've, I've read a lot of articles that they might have lost that trade. And I don't necessarily see it that way. Um, I don't think Debrinket wanted to be there, anyways. Um, you get a player like Kubalik, who I still think, I mean, he's still young, and I still think he can put the puck in the net. I think he's still good for 20, 25 a year. And then you toss in those draft picks that they got from them. I don't think they necessarily lost that trade. Um, like I said, especially considering the fact that Debrinket didn't want to be there. I was just going to say, it's almost, it's it's just their hand was kind of forced. So they exactly. had to do something. Exactly. And I think the fact that even in knowing that Debrinket didn't want to be there, they were still able to make out with a player like Kubelik, um, who I, in my opinion, I think he still could be a 20, 25 goal scorer in this league. And then to make out with those draft picks. Um, I don't necessarily see them as losing that trade. Um, I I think it was a great trade for both teams. I think both teams benefited. Um, I mean, time will tell how how that deal plays out. Um, But for now, I I think both teams made out well in that. Um, And then, obviously, the last last but not least, Montreal. Um, You had brought up a couple players I wanted to bring up. I think Montreal is close i don't think this year they are a playoff team but they're close yeah they have a lot of pieces in place um i really like what gorton and hughes are doing there um we know that they were gorton was massive in the rangers rebuild yeah um had some really successful drafts um and i really like what he's been doing with montreal um like I said, I, I don't think they're there yet. But in just knowing what they have on the back end, you bring up you brought up a player like uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, you know, don't forget they drafted Lane Hudson. They right. got Gordon Harris from Northeastern, who he's he's a everyday defenseman. I'd say probably a second pair. They they drafted David Reinbacher this year. Yeah. Uh, man, they're they're gonna have a prolific back, and they've got some they've got some legitimate pieces. If they so decide to move them, or if they just decide to to build that decor, um, they've got a legitimate legitimate decor. Um, and like I said, they're they're gonna be a problem in a few years. Not necessarily this year, but I think in, in a few years. Well, dude, and and that's your last place team in the division. And listen to these lines. This is a last place team in an, in the Atlantic Division. Caulfield, Suzuki, Kirby, Doc, solid first line. Yeah. Hoffman, Dvorak, Anderson, good second line. Dvorak is very underrated. Um, third line: Newhook, Evans, Brennan Gallagher. <laughs> Again, good third line. Fourth line, Slavkovsky, Sean Monahan, Joel Armia. The problem where they run into, like we were mentioning, is their decor. 
Like they don't really have a solidified defensive unit with, with, you know, shutdown guys and staying home guys. They just kind of have a mishmash of people back there. It's like Matheson Savard. That's your number one pairing. That's not going to get it done. Harris Gooley second pair, not really going to get it done. Jack guy. And then Kovacevic, like that's where they're going to run into problems. And then they're uh, goaltending too. Jake Allen's their starter with Montembeau backing them up in this division. That's not going to get it done. And, and that's, but we were just referencing, it's not a terrible team either. No, you know, and, and like I said, when you have guys like uh, Gordon and Hughes, they know what they're doing. I, I think I think right. they're putting themselves in position to make some big moves. Maybe this offseason, it might be the next. But I still think they have a, a, a team that they can put out there that is presentable and that can compete night in and night out. I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be a problem night in and night out. Um, those four lines you just gave me, I mean, that's – you have Slavkovsky on your fourth line. like that's, and, and Sean Monaghan. <laughs> right. And like I said, they have a, they have a lot of pieces that um, that you mentioned. One in particular that, that I'm really intrigued by is Alex Newhook. Yep. I'm great, really, great signing for them, I think. Got the, he, They got him at a steal. Very low yep. price. Um. I, I'm really intrigued to what he's going to do with a change of scenery. Um, obviously, he was on a stacked uh, Colorado team. Um, I don't know if he necessarily got the opportunity to be um, – how am I trying to say it? Not the guy, but I think that he could put up 40, 50 points, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think you're like with Colorado, he wasn't able to put in an elevated role. Yeah, complete. Yeah, exactly. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's exactly what I was trying to get at, and I think he's a great fit. And Hughes and Gordon are able to find those kind of, I'll say, misfits. Not that yeah. he was a misfit in Colorado, but I don't like you said. I don't think he was given necessarily the opportunity to to have that elevated role. Yeah, he was he was almost I, I don't want to use the term underappreciated, but I think that there were just so many players um you know who had who were who were a, a little bit higher, you know, in, in the in the um what am I trying to say here? In like the um in the lineup. He where he, on a normal team he'd be taking that role, but there were just players in front of him. Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't break through. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I, I'm intrigued by what he's going to do. I, like I said, I, I could easily see him getting 40, 50 points this year, um, depending on how the line combinations go. Uh, yeah. And then going back, man, you had brought up that decor. It, it's not great right now, but it's going to be a fucking problem years to right. come. Oh, yeah. Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris. Wi-Fi, Lane Hudson, Ryan Bacher. That's five right there that are under under 24 years old. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that's gonna be a problem. You know what I mean? And and I think oh, once, they, once they get price off the books, not they'll they'll stash him away on LTIR. Um at some point they're gonna get a goalie, I, I hope. Um 
you know, Gordon, Gordon and Hughes are putting them in a good position. Um, we talked about it. I, I obviously I don't think this year, but they're they're putting them in a position where they can make some moves next off season, um, the off season after, and um, they're going to be dangerous. I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Their their youth movement that they have, the guys in their prospect system, the guy like you just mentioned, Reinbacher, uh, Lane Hudson, you know, others as well. They have that youth in their prospect pool that when their time comes, they already have um, a really good, you know, forward core. It's not bad. That's not where their issue is. Like you mentioned, and and we've been talking about it, it's their back end where they're really running into some problems. And the Atlantic Division is just far too skilled and far too good for them to compete this season. Yeah, which, you know, and that's okay. I mean, they, they're playing the long game, and that's okay. I mean – Honestly, it's 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 honestly smart on their part. They know where they stand right now. Exactly, and like I said, they're not trading away their picks. They just drafted Reinbacher fifth. It's it, they're playing the long game, and this division, man, we talked about it. it. It's absolutely loaded, and they're putting themselves in the best position to be competitive in this yep. division. So, yep. I'll, I'll be curious what this team, you know, what this team looks like two, three years down the road. Yeah, man. I think, uh, I mean, I think we should send it over to our guest. Um, little hint, uh, a little Buffalo love here, some blue and gold. Um, Chris, you want to introduce him? Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited, man. This, this kid, we, you know, we've been going back and forth for a couple weeks now. Um, incredible kid, man. Just super kind, um, humble, incredibly talented. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're super amped up and, and excited to bring you Zach Benson of the Winnipeg ice 13th overall pick to the Buffalo Sabres this year. Um, we hope you guys love the interview. It was a great one. Um, had a lot to say, man. He, he's a character and, um, yeah, without further, uh, you got something. I was just going to say, dude, like, I think what you guys are going to get from this interview is just his level of maturity for being an 18 year old kid. He's, he's like you said, very humble. He's, he worked hard to get to where he's at. And, um, we were lucky enough to have him take time out of his day to come join us for about a half an hour and just kind of discuss things, you know, the draft, uh, you know, playing in the Western hockey league, the, where, how he got to where he is today what it took and it's a great conversation uh real easy like you said nice kid um and it's 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 awesome so i hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did yeah without further ado we bring you uh zach benson hope you guys enjoy what is going on everyone this is episode four of the drop the bits hockey podcast we are so grateful to have the one and only zach benson join us the 13th overall pick for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, man, so happy to have you. Um, honestly, man, it's, it's so crazy. Um, so happy to have you. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, like yeah, I said, man. just got back from the rink, so you can never complain when you uh, just get off the ice. Yeah, there you go, buddy. Um, man, first, first question we got for you. Um I want to talk to you about your draft experience. Um, you know, everything you went through, um, obviously being in the city of Nashville, um, 
you know, did you have a feeling that you were going to Buffalo um, the whole time? Like, were there other teams that you talked to? Um, and then obviously I want to talk to you about your fit, man, your fucking suit game. <laughs> Unreal. Like, I, I want to talk to you about that. Talk, uh, take us through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the draft process was definitely a process. Um, you know, going to the combine meeting with, uh, I don't know, I think I had about 18 teams. So, um, you know, it was obviously super cool to, to go there with a lot of buddies and then you get to Nashville and, um, you know, it was my second time being there, but, um, you know, this time you kind of, you're downtown, you see how, how busy it is down there and, um, how cool it is. So, um, I met with Philly there. Um, I also met with Arizona. Um, Danny Briere was, uh, seemed really interested and, um, you know, obviously Arizona was, was pretty interested too. So, uh, come draft day, it was, um, I guess kind of a, I wouldn't say a surprise that I went to Buffalo, but. Um, you know, I wasn't too sure where I was going to land, but when Buffalo picked me, I mean, um, you know, I was obviously pretty stoked with, uh, knowing Peyton Krebs and Matthew Savoy. Um, and then I guess my, my draft, my draft suit and the, and the cowboy hats, uh, yeah. that kind of came about, uh, my mom found a guy from Vancouver that makes suits and, um, you know, he did a super good job. Uh, we put the draft logo in the, uh, as the liner and. Um, I was super happy with how that came out. And uh, obviously the draft hat was kind of just, uh, they wanted to make an episode for the Western League. So, uh, you know, I thought no better idea than to to put on the cowboy hat. Yeah, man. Honestly, like I was mentioning earlier too, before we hopped on, um, I'm a sneaky Buffalo fan. So I was all excited when you got picked up. Um, but But talking about Buffalo, I mean, they got players like Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, like you just met, mentioned, Peyton Krebs, um, Matthew Savoy, and then Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, and then Devin Levi, too. They're they're already kind of stacked. And then to add you into, you know, th- into their youth movement that they have is is sick for not only you, but them as well. Um, I, I'm just wondering, is there anything specific out of those guys who you're going to, you know, something you're going to try to pick their brain about or, or, you know, adapt into your game? Yeah, I mean, all those guys, um, you know, especially guys that have played in the National League already, um, you can take so much from from what they have to say and what they do on the ice. Um, you know, a guy like Peyton, super mature kid. Uh, he was my captain when I was 15 years old in the, in the Western League. So, um, you know, I already know him pretty well, and he's played in the National League, you know, two years, year and a half now. So, um, you know, learning from a guy like that, again, would be or will be super huge in my development. But uh you know, you go around the room, you got, you look at a guy like, uh, Calo Capozo or, um, Tage Thompson, uh, you know, two guys that are obviously Tage is a, an elite player, um, in the league. And then Cal has been playing there for, or playing in the league for a long time. So, um, you know, two different guys, one starting their career and one's, um, you know, near the end or, um, has played a long time. So, uh, taking, I guess, a little bit of both from, from each of them will be, uh, you know, huge too. Yeah. So going back to, to the whole draft process, um, how strenuous was the draft, like the combine process, as well as like the draft interviews, just the whole, everything that comes with um, the pre-draft process, like how strenuous was it? Um, what did that process look like for you? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously you dream of being in that process. Um, you know, it's obviously 
um, you know, it's super stressful, um, you know, going into those meetings and um, doing Zoom calls. I think I did a Zoom call basically every night throughout the year. And, um, you know, it's it's obviously stressful, but you also got to take into account that you dreamed of, of being in that situation when you're a kid. So, um, you know, you try and try and stay calm, cool and collective. But um, at the end of the day, you're you're talking with guys that are probably going to be your future bosses. So it's definitely stressful. And, um, you know, I went into every meeting with the mindset just to to try my best and kind of just stay calm and be myself. But, uh, you know, I can speak for everyone. It's a cool process. And, um, you know, really, it's a it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, I got to ask you, buddy, what is like what was the most bizarre question that you got throughout your draft process? <laughs> you know, we've heard stories about these insane, like just outrageous questions i gotta ask you like what was the what was the weirdest most outrageous question that you got that just kind of took you by surprise and um and and who asked you yeah i'd probably go with montreal they asked me um what animal matches my personality Um, (laughs) you know i I didn't have a great answer i i don't know too many animals or i couldn't think of at the time and uh I honestly just told him about my personality. I forgot about all, our, all about the uh, the animal question. <laughs> if you could, if you could pick an animal, do you have one in mind now? Um, no, I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard question. Like I, I, I can't even imagine what you know what, what would be going through my head. I'd say something <laughs> fucking outrageous. <laughs> Mikey, what what do you got, buddy? I mean. So obviously, Zach, you're a high draft pick, um, explosive player with the uh, Winnipeg Ice. Uh, when when kind of looking at youth hockey and younger players in general, um, what is some what is some advice you would give them? You know, maybe how to train during the summer or specific things to focus on that may give you an advantage over guys your age. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it sounds pretty cliche, but you know, work ethic is how you get to the next level at the end of the day. Um, you know, when you get to the, to the higher levels, you know, everyone's skill set is pretty similar. I mean, it's the, the top, whatever, 200 players in the, in the world playing. So, um, you know, your work ethic goes a long way. And, um, every summer, I think you just gotta honestly work your, work your ass off and uh, go to the rink every day with a smile on your face and, uh, the mindset to get better. Yeah, you just got to keep that positive attitude kind of and just, you know, realize it takes time for, for those younger guys. I think that's something that they got to focus on is that, you know, it takes time to develop. It's not all going to happen overnight. Like, like you know, it, it takes work. You grind. You have to put in the work to get into the position that you found yourself in. Yeah, exactly. You got to trust the process. And I think, you know, a lot of people mature at different ages, too. I mean, I was a late bloomer myself. Um, you know, I was always smaller. And, um, you know, so you you never really – you could be, you know, a bottom player on your team the year before, and then the next year you grow five inches, and uh, now you're a top player on your team. So um, I think for for younger kids, you just got to stick with the process, and um, you know, like you said, just be positive every day, show up to the rink with a smile on your face, and um, with the mindset to get better. Now, at what point did you really know that you really had a chance at this NHL thing? Um, at, at what age did you kind of realize that you had a, a special intangible? um a special skill set like when did you realize that uh that you really had a chance of of making it to the next level 
Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was always a better player. Um, I would say it's still, you know, you're, you're always dreaming of making the NHL. Um, but I would say when I was my second year Bantam, so I'd be 14 years old. Um, you know, I uh, had a good year with uh, Yale Hockey Academy. Um, it got MVP of the league. And, um, you know, that's a top league in Western Canada. So uh, then I, you know, I kind of had the, the mindset that it was maybe a realistic goal that I could to play in the NHL. And, um, you know, I, I would say that I kept working harder, but, uh, you know, I was working pretty hard up to that stage. And, um, you know, I kind of just stuck with my work ethic and, uh, you know, my, my mindset to get better. Yeah. Hey, so is there anything maybe about the Buffalo Sabres organization, maybe something about their culture? I know the experience with them is limited as of right now, obviously, but, is there anything that stuck out to you, um, you know, just about the whole Buffalo Saber experience, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's real. Um, but, I mean, uh, Don Granato, the head coach there, um, seems to be running a very good, um, or I guess, yeah, running a good culture. Um, you know, his his main thing is, you know, you got to earn it. Um, you know, no matter who you are or what you bring, uh, you got to earn it every day. And, um, you know, if you want to play on the power play, you got to earn it. So that's one thing I took out of there. Um, you know, if you want to be a full-time NHLer, uh, you have to earn it. And, um, you know, I think uh, the coaching staff there does a, does a great job. Were there any players yeah, that, like, I... sorry, sorry, Mikey. You're good, Chris. Were there any, were there any players that reached out to you once you got drafted um, just to kind of welcome you? Like, were there any notable players that kind of shot you a text or kind of gave you that like wow moment that, you know, you were like, wow, this is like a, this is happening. Like what was your, what was your kind of wow moment coming in? Yeah. I mean, receiving a call from Alex Tuck after the draft was, was pretty crazy, but uh, I also got a text from Kylo Capozo. Uh, I got a text from Dylan Cousins. He actually played at Yale Hockey Academy too. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then obviously I knew Peyton before, but, uh, he also gave me a FaceTime call. So, um, you know, four NHLers and, um, you know, it's pretty surreal when you, uh, receive a phone call from a, from an elite player in the NHL. For sure, man. Uh, now like growing <clears throat> up, were there any, did you have a certain favorite player that you, uh, kind of followed and just, who was your favorite player growing up players that you tried to emulate your game after? Um, I'm just kind of curious if there's still players to this day that you try to emulate your game after, um, and just players you kind of try to, um, you know, just almost like model your game after Chris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, growing up, I was actually a big Oilers fan. So, um, I mean, when I was younger, I kind of just watched the game. I didn't really watch for, for players that I played like, um, so growing up, I was a big Nugent Hopkins, uh, Jordan Everly, Taylor Hall, uh, obviously McDavid. Um, so, you know, all those guys, you know, Oscar Clefbaum, uh, Ladislav Smead. <laughs> Legend, dude. That's a <laughs> real name. So, so, the whole Oilers team. I love it. I love it. Put down every list of an Oilers team. Yeah. was my favorite player growing up. So, um, you know, I kind of, I was, I was a pretty diehard fan and, um, you know, my whole family is, but, uh, you know, I guess now I kind of model my game after like Braden Point, Mitch Marner. Um, so I watch a lot of those, a lot of those guys play now. I kind of, 
I like to watch to learn, but I also like to watch to, um, but I guess this year I'll, I'll be watching Buffalo a little more and, um, you know, just try and try and see what systems they play. And, uh, obviously they're going to be a fun team to watch with Dally and power Thompson. You can go down the list. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of going back to that as well, how you mentioned Braden point and Mitch Marner, what specifics of their game do you, you know, look to learn from the most? Um, yeah, I mean, Braden point, um, is kind of my main guy that I like to watch. He, uh, obviously super is obviously an elite player and plays a 200 foot game. Uh, doesn't cheat the zone PK power play, you know, every situation he's on the ice and he's uh he's a threat every time he's on the ice, but uh, especially in the offensive zone, when he gets the puck, uh, you know, players know when he has the puck because he's just that much of a threat. And, um, you know, I kind of want to be that guy one day in the national league. That's uh, you know, when you have the puck, uh, you know, the whole team is uh, is aware that you have have the puck and uh, you're looking to take it to the net. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so uh, beginning of July, you attended a development camp. Uh, what, what were your biggest takeaways playing with, you know, obviously a different group than you're normally accustomed playing with? Um, what were some of your takeaways? And after, after camp, you know, ended, what were some of your – you know, what are some areas of your game that you want to that you want to improve for this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, camp was obviously super cool. I think learning about, um, you know, what it what an everyday lifestyle looks like for an NHL player. I mean, it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, they have chefs there for you. You eat in their kitchen. Um, you know, you do workouts. You kind of do it. You know, you're living the NHL lifestyle for a week, and um, you know, it's super cool. And uh, you learn from the best skill development guys in, uh, in the world. So taking away things that you learn there, like, uh, little pointers on shots and, um, you know, little edge work here, a uh, little edge work there. So, um, taking that home with me and, uh, implementing into my training was obviously huge. And, um, you know, for me, the biggest thing I want to improve on, uh, this summer is just my strength. Uh, I think the gym's going to be my best friend and, um, I just want to get a little more explosive in the, in my lower half. Yeah. So Zach, I, I'm looking at your hockey reference right now. Um, obviously three years in the, in the Western league, 20 points, your first season, 63 in the second, and then a, a massive 98 this past season. Um, I'm just curious, what do you think, um, led to that big jump in production for you? Yeah, I mean, the Western League is a tough league. Uh, you know, when I was 15, I wasn't even supposed to be in the league. And then, uh, you know, kind of COVID um, happened, oh, yeah. allowed us 15-year-olds in the Western League, uh, you know, a certain certain amount of 15-year-olds to play. So I was fortunate for that. And, um, you know, it was obviously super tough as a 15-year-old playing against 20-year-olds, you know. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Rival in my bubble. And, uh, you know, you look now, he's a beast in the NHL. So, uh, yeah, I'd say my 15 year old year, I was about 150 pounds soaking wet. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, obviously this past year I was, you know, playing at 170, uh, 168 around there. So, uh, you know, that 18 pounds goes a long way. And, um, I think that kind of led to the boost in production. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Just that added strength helps you in so many ways, so exactly. many ways. Yeah, you know, playing playing with guys like Connor Geeky, um, Matthew Savoy, obviously, um, 
were there were there any things that they like helped you with um, along the way, like in your draft process? Um, did they give you any advice, kind of in in your own process? Um, and and how did they help you, you know, along the way? Yeah, um, geeks and staff helped me a ton. Uh, you know, add Carson Lamos to that list too. He was a first round of the year before them. Um, you know, those three helped me helped me a lot. Uh, you know, when I had a question, I went to one of the three and, um, you know, they're more than willing to share, um, what their, their thoughts were and, um, help me out. So, um, you know, I can't thank them enough. And then obviously our coach, James Patrick, um, you know, he did a lot of the scheduling, the meetings and, um, you know, he helped me out, um, with kind of things to, to improve on throughout the year. So, um, I can't thank, you know, the organization of Winnipeg enough and, um, you know, it was a super fun, fun time in Winnipeg. And uh, I guess the new chapter begins in Wenatchee now. Yeah, man. So I've, I, I'm, I've always been curious. I'm not sure if you ever had an interview with maybe some, some uh, NCAA teams over here, but if, if you did, why choose juniors over college? And what do you think the advantages are? Yeah. Um, they actually made the rules so they couldn't talk to me. Um, but the Chilliwack Chiefs were, uh, obviously I'm from Chilliwack. So the Chilliwack Chiefs, the junior A club were really trying to kind of force my hand to go that way. And, um, honestly it was a last minute, last second decision. Um, I was leaning more towards the college route, um, obviously being a late bloomer. So, um, I think a day before the draft, Winnipeg called and they asked, you know, what are your thoughts? Um, this and that. And, um, I made the decision that day that, um, you know, I was going to go the Western League routes. Um, you know, I just thought it was a quicker route to where I ultimately want to play, and that's in the National League. So um, I thought the development would be a little better, and um, I would say it's more of the the fast track route to uh, the the NHL. I, you know, I know this is kind of a hypothetical. Um, what are what are some college teams that you that you could have maybe seen yourself playing with? Um, like I said, I, I know this is a, a real hypothetical. Um, I don't know if you follow it at all. Uh, what are some teams that uh, maybe you, you see yourself or you could have seen yourself playing with? Um, yeah, I think a college that you kind of at least hear about out here is um, North Dakota. It's yeah. uh, obviously a super big college. So um, I think I was if I was to go that way, uh, North Dakota would pretty be pretty high on my list. And um but with saying that, there's so many good teams. I mean, Michigan, um, you know, you go down the list, there's there's a ton of good teams. Yeah, I, I just a quick shout-out for the BU Terriers. This year they got Ryan Leonard, Will Smith, Gabe Perot, uh, Macklin Celebrini. I mean, Hockey East yeah, is going to be deep, buzzing. Deep. Don't, 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 do, don't do BC like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's BU, dude. That's BU. Man, we're not going to do this argument right here. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Yeah, man. But um, also, too, so is there anything maybe that you want to say to Sabres fans who, who might not know too much about your game or expectations for the season? Anything you want to say? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm a pretty, I don't know, 200-foot player that, you know, always wants to improve. So, uh, you know, I don't really, I don't know, like to talk about myself too much. I kind of just uh, let the work um, kind of show 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 what I'm made of and um I mean the main thing for me is just to <clears throat> do everything it takes to 
get to the NHL as quick as I can and obviously be in a, an effective player at the NHL. Yeah, honestly, I, so I wanted to talk to you about the, the Holinka Gretzky Cup. Um, you know, obviously you guys won the gold. Um, what was it like winning gold? Um, as well as what, what was it like wearing the A on that jersey? Like how, how much of an honor was it, um, you know, having that letter on your chest as well as uh, being able to help your team get the gold? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Uh, you know, Hockey Canada always – has a has a first class um, or makes it a first class event. Um, you know it's surreal when you can wear your your hometown uh, logo uh, on the crest. So um, you know every time you uh, put that jersey on, you wear it with pride and uh, you try and do everything um, it takes to win. And uh, we had such an amazing group. Um, you know we had we had lots of talent, and um, you know it kind of showed in that tournament. We uh, we won most games uh, pretty dominantly, um, and uh, you know you make lifelong friends in you know a short two week span because you guys become such a such a tight group. And um, you know I can say that about uh, you know both the Team Canada teams I've been on. I've made so many friends, and um, you know wearing an A is kind of just the cherry on top. Um, you know I kind of I show up to the rink with a smile on my face every day. Um, you know, I'm loving life, uh, always working my hardest, never taking practice off. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I kind of think that's why, why they named me assistant captain. And, um, you know, but uh, with that being said, you know, I was just happy to put on that Team Canada jersey. Yeah, man. So what are your expectations for this year? Um, obviously, with, you know, with the team change, everything. What, what are your expectations for this year? What, what are you looking to – um, I know we went over it before. Like, what are you trying to improve? What are your expectations for yourself? What are your expectations for your team um, for this season? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously I want to push for an NHL job, but uh, if I'm back in the Western League, um, you know, obviously we want to have another strong year. We went to the finals last year, so um, we're looking to build on that and, um, you know, hopefully get over the over the edge this year and, and win the championship and uh, compete in the Memorial cup. But, um, you know, it starts, um, you know, it's going to start early. We're going to have to, you know, really start the team chemistry. Uh, we got a new coach or new coaches for that matter. Um, so, you know, getting used to their system and how they want to play, but, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to this year. I think, uh, you know, our group can do something special and, um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm pretty, pretty excited to get started. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, Chris, I, I don't have anything left, man. If you still got some some questions, feel free to fire them off. Yeah, no, honestly, I just wanted to, you know, as we're primarily like a Bruins podcast, but I'm, I'm I was so excited to fucking you know get you on and just have everyone get to know you. And I, you know, I from what I've heard, you're just and from meeting you now, you're just an awesome, um, humble kid and. Um, you know, we're, we're really excited to see you get in the league and I know you got big things coming for you and, um, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on with us and just unbelievable conversation. Um, we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. It, it was, it's such a, you know, an honor to talk to you. I mean, like I said, I, sneaky Buffalo fan. So I'm all excited. You know, this team, oh, yeah. it's only getting better and better. 
Um, and you're definitely a big part of that future too. And, and just me, the fan side of me too, is excited. So getting to talk to you and, and kind of pick your brain a little bit about the draft, uh, your junior career and, and, you know, everything with your expectations at the NHL. It was awesome. So we really can't thank you enough, man. It was awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for having me on today. Awesome. Man. Yeah, of course, man. That is uh, Zach Benson, the 13th overall pick for the Buffalo Sabres. We cannot thank you enough, buddy. Um, hopefully we can have you on uh, in the future. And can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to uh, come talk to us. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, man. Thank you. Hey, good uh, luck this year. Yeah, take care, guys. That was good. Nice. That was, that was Zach Benson, the 13th overall pick for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, yeah, man, just an unbelievable conversation. Um, yeah. Incredibly humble kid. Um, like I said, just it, it's so awesome to talk to these kids just about their experience, um, what they went through as far as the combine goes. Um, I don't think people really realize what what these kids go through. Um, yeah. It's not just hearing your name called. Um, it's training. It's you know, right. it's, you know it, it's so much that goes into this. It's just unbelievable talking to these kids and, and see their dreams come to fruition. Um, yeah. Take it away, Mikey. It's just, yeah, like, dude, it, like you said, dude, it's everything in between. It's, it's a, a lot of people just tend to think these guys are just naturally good at what they do. You know, everything is easy that comes to them. Like, no, these kids put in work, um, they grind and they get to where they are because they're dedicated and they, and they do all the little things right. And to be able to bring him on and pick his brain about, you know, his training, his juniors, the decision of going to college or playing juniors. It's, it's, it's nice to see the thought process behind it and, and how he got to where he is. It was an awesome conversation. I mean, what a, he's a great kid. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Like I said, we, we had been talking for a couple of weeks now, just, incredibly humble kid um just really um really excited to you know kind of tell his story um i had i had to know about his freaking fit dude yeah yeah <laughs> absolute legend just um he's just you know as soon as he got drafted man just seemed like an absolute character just um happy to be there just an unbelievably happy kid um and that's exactly what he was like just super happy to be on and he was open about everything and um like i said just incredibly humble and just so we were so blessed to have him on um yeah, yeah man i mean even like like i i mentioned i think a couple times like sneaky buffalo fan i'm dude i'm so excited yeah, that the team picked him and you know we're gonna go back to this about bu I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong about that. Looked a little because you're a sneaky Buffalo fan. You got a little star gaze. I did. <laughs> no, nah, dude. I was like, so I was reading this article, and I was just because obviously I was trying to like maintain, you know, on the pod, but also read this to see if I was right. And I read it quick, and I kind of just like skimmed it, and. It was talking about the BCBU rivalry being better because of those guys. That's what it was. And I'm an idiot. Hand up. That's on me. As that kind of looked at you, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, no, he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Hand well, up. That's uh, on me. And like I said, we were so happy to have uh, 13th overall pick, Zach Benson. Um, 
incredible kid. We can't thank you enough, man. Um, this concludes episode four of Drop the Mitts. Um, Mike, you have anything for the uh, for the listeners? Um, I mean, we're kind of in the dog days right now, right? I mean, sure. ar- arbitration hearings obviously are still happening with, with the Bruins, Swaim and Frederick. They're still our phase of this moment, so that's still TBD. Um, but we're only a couple months now away from the start of the regular season. So preseason's going to start up pretty soon. Um, you know, quicker, you know, it'll be here before you know it. Uh, hockey season will be here. We'll be back here live talking relevant, you know, game scores and, and division standings and races to the playoffs. And this show in the season is going to be electric. It's going to be electric. Yeah. You know, and even, even with these dog days, like you said, um, We've got some unbelievable guests um, scheduled for you guys. So yeah. uh, we're just super amped up for you guys and um, just just really excited to talk to some more uh, high-profile players and um, kind of get their takes, their routines in the offseason, um, their expectations for this upcoming season. And like I said, we some really high-profile players, you know, might yeah. be um, just super amped up. Yeah, man. On. And um, just just to go back, I want to thank Zach Benson um, again, taking time out of his day to talk to us. Unbelievable kid, just super humble. Um, and we wish him the best of luck this year. Um, yeah, yeah, we wish him the best of luck throughout his career. Um, and honestly, just we're we're really excited to follow him. Um, know he's going to have a bright career in Buffalo. Um, yeah. City of Buffalo is really lucky to have a kid like him. Um, yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean, like you can even just tell from the conversation, he's 18 years old, but he's he, you know, he's very mature. He he knows the um, spot that he's in and the opportunity that he has, and and I have no doubt in my mind he's going to be a successful player in the NHL. Um, just from attitude alone, you can tell he. It's not like him putting in the work is is a grind to him. Like he he likes doing it. It's the reason why he is where he is today. Um, and the reason why he has so much success. So, just through the conversation, you know he's not going to stop. You know he's going to work so hard to get you know on the Buffalo Sabers team full time. You know he's no doubt in my mind he's got a bright career in front of him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know the city of Buffalo has a bright. Uh, definitely got a good one, man. Um, Hell yeah! And as soon as I saw that pick, I go, I, I can't think of a better fit for this kid. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just incredibly, incredibly humble kid. Um, and again, I, I want to thank him for coming on, taking time out of his day um, to come talk to us. So that concludes episode four of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast. Um, I'm Chris Davis. I'm with my host Mike Sullivan. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in, um, and take care. We'll we'll see you next time. See you guys next week.